it's quite fitting that on a day where we remember all those <coughs> lives that have been laid down in two world wars and all that's going on at the moment in Israel and Ukraine and uh, the tremendous suffering that's going on, that uh, we, we've reached the fifth I am statement, which is I am the resurrection and the life. And um, so, uh, as, as we've already seen, actually, perhaps I should try it the other way. <laughs> Thank you. This is a day, this is a day where we remember um, those who've gone. And, and you know, death is such a, a difficult subject. It's something that affects us all. And, um, and it, it, it provokes very deep emotions, the, the greatest of which I'm sure is, is sadness. And, and I'm sure all of us here carry um, tremendous sadness about the loss of those who've been special to us and um, have been part of our lives. And when they've, when they've gone, it's like part of us has died as well. And, um, and um, I know that some of you in this room are really walking through that in a, in a, in a deep way at the moment. And um, I just want to say God is with you in that. Um, in, a, in addition to sadness, of course, death can bring out tremendous fear um, that, that cancer diagnosis that comes suddenly, perhaps. Um, that phone call in the night about a, a loved one. Um, uh, so, so many things um, can um, paralyze us with fear when we contemplate death, particularly of those close to us. And it's a subject we try and avoid and skate around, but um, it's the one thing that's certain to happen to us all one day. Um, so sadness, fear. Um, another deep emotion is anger. And I think, you know, when we see what's going on at the moment and um, uh, the tremendous suffering um, that we, we, we just have to turn the television on to see the tremendous suffering in, in places. And, and, we, and we, we can get angry. And so many people just say, how can God, how can there be a God who allows all these things to happen? And actually, when we're praying, we can have this sense of, uh, you know, God, where are you? What are you doing? Why are you not answering my prayers? Um, and... Um, I'm sure we've all been at that place, and maybe you are in that place at the moment. Um, well, you know, there's an element of that in the story we're considering today, which is um, the background to, to Jesus's I am the resurrection and the life, is the Lazarus story. And of course, um, you probably all know the story. Um, uh, Mary and Martha entreat Jesus to come urgently because their brother is dangerously ill. And what happens? He doesn't show up. He doesn't come. And when he does finally arrive, four days has already gone by since Lazarus has died. It's too late. In, in Jewish tradition, 
um, the soul had already left the body. It was too late. There was nothing that could be done. And um, uh, I mean, I, Martha is is quite strong. She she still keeps her composure. She still has some sense that even now something could happen. But 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 Mary, the one who had sat at his feet previously, is so distraught and upset she won't even come and see Jesus at all. And when she does eventually come, she cries out, um, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Um, and I don't know whether any of you are feeling that at the moment. Now, I, I, I wanted to show you this extract from um, a film called The Greatest Story Ever Told. And um, this is a very dramatic presentation. I mean, it lays it on really thick. Um, so um, it's, it's not completely true to the original story, but um, it really brings out these emotions very strongly. And, 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 and in this film, as you will see, um, Jesus gets quite an earful, both from Mary, both from Martha, who speaks first, and from Mary. But it is very powerful, and it really does touch on these emotions. So let's just have a look at this for a minute. Come to bury the dead. Why have you come to feed the mourners? You made a leper well. You made a cripple walk. Was it too much to ask that you keep my brother from dying? Why do you come now that he's dead? When you could have come while he lived? When he needed you? Why? Your brother will rise again. Rise? Yes, he will rise. On judgment day. And the resurrection of us all. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, Mary? If you had only been here, I believe that Lazarus would not have died. It's quite a powerful scene, and um, I don't know whether you 
come across this passage from the Psalms. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? I don't know whether you are going through that sort of wrestling at the moment, um, uh, just uh, crying out, where are you, God, in my situation? Um, uh, where are you? And, and, and maybe you're just clinging on with, with, with dear hope, just hoping that one day, fingers crossed, touch wood, um, the situation will come right. Um, but actually, it's so easy to forget that actually with us, standing with us, is the one who created the entire universe, the incarnate God, the one who loves us, the one who is the resurrection and the life, the one who can turn our situation upside down. Um, I started off by talking about death, and I, I want to talk about life now. Now, I know this looks pretty dead, but actually, this is, a, this is the most incredible thing. I mean, there's more power inside of this than, than there is inside a nuclear power station. And um, I say that because actually inside of this, let's, let's blow it up really big, inside of this is the power to create billions and billions and billions and billions of copies of itself uh, and to go on for billions and billions of years. That is an incredible thing. It looks so dead and so insignificant, and yet it's, it, it has infinity inside of it. It's the most incredible thing. Um, and while we're on the subject of very large numbers, I, I just want to tell you, um, uh, this was an observation of a, a famous um, a, a cosmologist called Fred Hoyle, who was actually a you know, very convinced atheist. But he pointed out that the the chances of the 2,000 amino acids necessary um, to form life coming together by chance are 1 in 10 to the power of 40,000. Now, for those not um, in the know mathematically, that's 10 with 40,000 zeros after it. If I was even to write that number out, um, it would go all the way to Morrison's and back. And, um, you, know, it, it, you know, to put it in perspective, there's only 10 to the power of 80 um, atoms in the entire universe. This is a huge number. The, the possibility of this actually happening by chance is ludicrously small. And he, Fred Hoyle, used the um, famous um, illustration of um, uh, a tornado going through a scrapyard um, uh, being able to produce uh, a Boeing 747. Um, um, th that is the likelihood of, 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 of this thing happening by chance. You know, life is something miraculous. And that, and, and that is just the biology of it. I, I mean, life is so much more than biology. And, and to prove this, um, or to demonstrate this, we're going to have a uh, a never-before-experienced event. Um, this is going to be so exciting. So for the first time ever in Hope Community Church, we have got Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. Oh. Now, yeah, thank you very much. Now, look at all those dots on the page. Isn't this 
amazing. I can see Patricia's getting very excited. <laughs> and, uh, you know, nobody, has, uh, nobody had ever started uh, uh, a piano sonata like this before. It's completely revolutionary. Look at that. Isn't it amazing? Isn't that absolutely incredible? Uh, isn't that stunning? Now, I hope you are, are just feeling totally transformed by that. <laughs> well, okay, yes, there was a slight hitch. Um, I mean, it, did say, it does say it's a Moonlight Sonata at the top, but, um, uh, but actually maybe it isn't, because these are is just a, a series of dots, and the dots actually have no meaning in themselves, except in that they're referring to something that exists in a completely different dimension. Um, so sadly to say, you haven't experienced the Moonlight Sonata this morning, because the Moonlight Sonata is something else. Um, and, and, and there's something fundamentally supernatural about life, um, that it is just beyond the biology. And, um, I think that's important to bear in mind and keep this in mind when, um, to great fanfare, sometime in the next 10 years, scientists come and announce um, that they have discovered life in some far-flung corner of the galaxy, or maybe even in our own solar system. Um, you know, we've got to be prepared to have that debate if and when it comes. But um, the great thing is, we've already got the answer because actually we know that life is a person and his name is Jesus Christ through whom the entire universe was made. Um, and, by, uh, and by the way, um, uh, just to be mischievous, you could argue the aliens are already here anyway because um, our battle if you remember, is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And our job as the church is to push against them and to resist them. But anyway, I'll leave you to ponder that. Um, uh, you, you could... Now, it, we could argue, and I'm going to argue, that actually in this context, death itself is an alien presence on this earth. Um, now, you might... You might argue with me and say, well, look, um, David, you know, death happens all the time. Um, it's, it's just natural. You know, my guinea pig died last weekend. You know, it just happens all the time. And um, it's just, but, but no, I, I, I've got to say, um, from Scripture's point of view, death is a profoundly unnatural thing. It's not part of God's original plan. And this is how it happens. So, um, so Scripture tells us when Adam sinned, uh, this is a living Bible translation. When Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. His sin spread death throughout all the world. So everything began to grow old and die for all sins. Please note, this was not God's original plan and purpose. Um, um, but please also note that God has an antidote for death and his name is Jesus. And um, actually, if you, if, you, if you look at the accounts of the... I, I won't go into it now. If you look at the account of the Garden of Eden and look at the account in John's Gospel of the Resurrection, 
they're almost kind of mirror images of each other. Um, I'll, I'll leave you to, to maybe um, look at that at home, but actually um, it, it's pointing to the fact that death has gone into reverse when Jesus rose from the dead. And death, um, as we often uh, sing in church, you'll be familiar with these words. This is from Peter's speech in Acts chapter 2. But God set him free from death and raised him to life. Death could not hold him in its power. Um, uh, death could not hold him. Jesus has overcome death, and death could not overcome him. And death does not need to overcome us either. Gary read earlier from Hebrews. Here's another amazing passage from Hebrews. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. You know, if we're in, if we're in fear of, of dying, we, we, are, we can become enslaved to that. This is, a, this is wonderful news. But only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who lived their lives as slaved, slaves to the fear of dying. Um, you have been set free. Jesus has broken the power of the devil. Okay, we just need to stand on that. Okay, we're not at Dunkirk. We're at D-Day. Okay, we're not in retreat. We're, we're at D-Day. We are moving forward. There's still a lot of mess to clear up, but we are going forward, and uh, we just need to stand um, uh, where God is standing. Now, um, uh, this is a wonderful thing to look forward to. Uh, um, we have this incredible climax to history. Then comes the end when he, that's Jesus, delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies, all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. It's going to go. It's going to go. It's going to go. And we have this incredible future to look forward to. Um, death shall be no more. And never again shall, be, shall there be sorrow or crying or pain, for all those former things are past and gone. Isn't that wonderful news? And, and so we can live in the light of that. We can walk in the light of that future um, that is coming. It can be the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and uh, we have this wonderful passage um, in, in 2 Corinthians. And th this is how it's translated in the message. We know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven, God-made and not hand-made. Um, 
Um, incidentally, the only man-made thing in, in heaven are the wounds of Jesus. That is the only man-made thing that will ever be there. Um, we've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. We don't have to settle for less. We've got this incredible thing to look forward to. We've got these incredible new bodies um, to look forward to. And I, I just want to emphasize the fact that this is not... Um, yes, we're looking ahead to this incredibly, uh, incredible future, and it may seem a long way away, and a long way from our struggles right now. It may not feel like any of this is particularly real, but I want to tell you that this is a now thing. It's not just a future thing. This is a now thing. It's, it's not just pie in the sky when we die, but it's steak on the plate while we wait. <laughs> and, and I'm sure there are vegan options available as well for those who like that sort of thing. So, um, so the in, in, important thing is this is a done, this is a done thing. We are living in the, the light of, of something that has already happened. Now look at this. This is past tense. For Christ has completely abolished death and has now through the gospel, open the shining possibilities of the life that is eternal. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. Let's look at this one. Past tense. I tell you for certain that everyone who hears my message and has faith in the one who sent me has eternal life and will never be condemned. They have already gone from death to life. Already happened. You have already crossed over from death into life. Look at this one, Ephesians chapter 2. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us, past tense, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up, past tense, with him and seated us past tense, with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, I don't know how you get your heads around that, but, um, you know, if God says it, we've just got to believe it. Um, you may not be feeling like that at the moment, but, but this is the truth. Um, and, 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 and what God says is the truth can change the facts. So if, if, the, truth, uh, if the truth disagrees with the facts, then it's the facts that have to give way because the truth... Um, uh, is God's truth, and, and God's truth will prevail. So, um, uh, so I'd just like to encourage us to be bold. You know, Jesus sent his disciples out um, and told them to raise the dead. Now, um, I don't suppose many of you feel like walking into a, a cemetery after church today, but, but listen... You can raise the dead. You can share the good news of the gospel with your neighbours, with your friends, with your relatives. And if one of them um, receives Jesus as their saviour and receives that uh, extraordinary gift of eternal life, you have literally raised 
somebody from, from, from death. It is a, it's a miracle. Jesus said, um, greater things than these will you, uh, with you, will you do. And he was talking about his own miracles. He said, we would do greater things. There's no greater thing that you, you can do than sharing the gospel with, 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 with lost people. And so I, I would just urge us, you know, we have a commission to raise the dead. Let's go and do it. Let's go and do it. Let's go out and talk and share and not hold back because the time is limited and uh, uh, we, we need to warn people. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to, to, to sort of um, uh, round up and I'm, I, I, I want to just um, sort of summarize. First of all, um, main conclusion today, the resurrection is a person and his name is Jesus. And, um, and as he said to Martha, the one who believes in me will live, and even if he dies, even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, will never die. That is a promise. That is a, a promise um, in red letters, and um, it's from the Lord himself. We can hold on to that. We can hold on to that. Maybe we need to hold on to that for, for, our, for, our, for our loved ones, for our unsaved relatives. We just need to be calling out for them um, because uh, this is the greatest gift that has ever been given to the world. Um, so the resurrection is a person, first point. Second point, the resurrection is a cosmic event. Okay, uh, back to Ephesians. That power is the same divine power with which, which was demonstrated in Christ when the Father raised him from the dead and gave him the place of supreme honor in heaven, a place that is infinitely superior to any conceivable command, authority, power, or control, and which carries with it a name far beyond any name that could be ever used in this world, all the world to come. This is piling up superlatives. Let me just read it again. That power is the same divine power which was demonstrated in Christ when the Father raised him from the dead and gave him the place of supreme honor in heaven, a place that is infinitely superior to any conceivable command, authority, power, or control, and which carries with it a name far beyond any name that could be ever used in this world or the world to come. So the resurrection is a cosmic event. And thirdly, the resurrection, we are part of that cosmic event. This is how this passage goes on. God has placed everything under the power of Christ and has set him up as head of everything for the church. For the church is his body. And in that body lives fully the one who fills the whole wide universe. It's such an incredible, such an incredible, such an incredible statement, a gobsmacking statement, really. And so we, we can walk and live in the light of that. Um, the, the resurrection is is not just a, a bolt-on extra to the gospel story. It is, is it integral to our Christian walk and to our Christian life and to our salvation. Um, 
Jesus was given to die for our sins, and he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. Um, The resurrection puts us right with God, just as if we had never sinned, makes us justified with God. Um, uh, Here's another verse from Romans. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And then um, here's a path, uh, another passage from Romans. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. That life is in you. You have um, uh, a treasure in, in, we're just jars of clay, but we have this infinitely precious treasure which we are carrying around. And, and wherever you, you go, you're carrying a, a sort of spiritual Wi-Fi zone around with you. And you, you are able to, to create the atmosphere of God wherever you go just by being there, just by carrying that resurrection life. And we have this uh, just stunning future to look forward to, and it, it was kind of alluded to in the song we sang earlier. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Hallelujah. Amen. And, um, and the passage goes on. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death? is your sting. Um, I thought it would be just good to have a time where we can interact with, with some of this. And I'm, I'm just going to ask the musicians to come back up and, and play quietly. And, um, but I just want to say that if you're feeling um, you need a touch from God, then maybe this is a moment where you can actually receive. And I'm just taking us back to the, the verse that David Robotham draw, drew our attention to a, a few weeks ago. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I just want to say, I don't know where you are at the moment, I just, I don't know what you're feeling at the moment, what you're going through, but maybe you're just needing a touch from God. Maybe you're, you're feeling that life is ebbing within you, that spiritual life, and you just want to top up. You just want to be refreshed. Maybe you're feeling discouraged. Maybe you've never, uh, never given your life to, to Jesus before, and you actually this is the moment where, where you want to say, yes, I want to receive that life. I want to make you my Lord and Savior. I want to have this gift of eternal life. 
Maybe you're struggling with something. In, in, uh, maybe um, you're struggling in your marriage and it's not quite working. Maybe you're struggling with unforgiveness. Maybe you're, you've got a work situation you're, you're worried about. Maybe you're being criticized. Maybe you're um, just hurting inside. Maybe you're fearful and anxious. Maybe you're just feeling like, like uh, we saw Mary was at the beginning, completely abandoned and forgotten by God. Um, we're just going to spend a, a few minutes in worship. And if, uh, if you want to come and just um, receive prayer, then, then there are people here at the front who can pray for you. And um, there, are, there are people who can minister to you. And, um, uh, or, 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 or you can just stay where you are and receive. But don't let this moment go by without doing a, a transaction with God because he longs to give you his life. He wants to fill you with new life, fresh life, powerful life. He wants to give you a fresh touch. So, so come, drink from streams of living water um, and, and just come and meet with the Lord right now.